1: The main event. Hello and welcome to the main event, Mark's podcast, brought to you by the United Sports Network and the Belly Up Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He's a James Storm to my Chris Harris. Sorry about your damn luck. It's Greg. What's up, Greg?
2: Why the hell would you use the line?
1: <laughs> I guess I could have left it to you.
2: Chris Harris doesn't
1: have a good one. But why didn't you label yourself as Storm then, you idiot? I don't yeah, know. because you're, you're not too could, bright, are you? Because you were always a big James Storm mark. Not that I didn't like him, but you, that was always like your guy besides AJ Styles, right? Still is. I
2: don't know yeah. the hell he is. Isn't he in NWA? Uh that would make some sense. I don't watch NWA, so let's just say yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Last I knew he was teaming with uh I don't know, some other guy with a beard. I I, I want to say Bram, but I don't think that's it. But one of them bearded dudes in, in NWA. I knew he was tag champ for a while, but one of the
2: members of the Slapahoo tribe.
1: <laughs> good lord. Uh yeah, and Chris Harris, man, was one of them. I think you and I both talked to us like we thought he was going to be a star and then he just went to WWE, uh, gained weight and faded off into nothingness. They were they were like doing something with him in TNA, too, before he left.
2: But they so, not paying him. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing. I mean, I, I'm i going to assume he went to WWE thinking he was going to be a star and they I guarantee they offered him more money. But
2: Braden Walker.
1: Well, yeah, we all remember that time where he stood at the top of the ramp with his hands on his hips.
2: He, uh, he owned the summer for a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, right. Well, today, ladies and gents, we're going back to 2005 again. Way back, machine. <laughs> we recently covered SummerSlam 2005. Now we're going back to September of 2005 to cover Unbreakable. This one... Or a... Hey. Well, match. Yeah. Well, this one was one of them where, uh yeah, I mean, it was built around one match. There were there were a few that had some storylines to it. It's kind of fun to see where TNA was in 2005, especially compared to WWE that we just covered AKA from the August. The good old days. Just say what?
2: A.K.A. the good old days.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You and I. We're big into, uh, TNA back then. And. This, this is a really lot of
2: the basis of our friendship right here, too. So.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, because we didn't have a lot of friends that actually watched TNA back in the day. It was just basically you and I. Yeah, this, uh, this yeah, event.
2: LOL I, TNA, you no. Know.
1: Well, of course. But so this event, they used the name like one time, and then they retired it, and they didn't break it out again until like a couple of years ago.
2: I might have been last year actually.
1: Yeah, I know I I, I know they've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um uh, but yeah, so it's it's one of them where it's like, uh, what names do we still own that we can do a pay per view for? Uh, uh I know.
2: <laughs> I thought this was one of the cooler ones, by the way, too. The names
1: Yeah. Yeah, they I mean they they had some pretty good ones. Uh and yeah, to uh to what you were saying, twenty nineteen they revived it, so Big gap between
2: them. <laughs> to be fair, I try to forget all of 2020 anyway, so when I said last year, I was technically right.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, we just skipped over from 2019 right to 2021. <laughs> and for a lot of people, we basically did.
2: But, I don't know. Uh, Have you seen outside? It's still the same, but that's a different podcast.
1: Yeah, right. But yeah, so uh, we're going to get into our news and notes after uh, our first break here. But first, I do want to let you know that the Main Event Marks is sponsored by Fanatics if you want your officially licensed sports gear, get it now. Hockey's coming up in about a week or so. So uh, dive on your favorite NHL team's merch and uh, get that at Fanatics. You can see all the links down to the podcast description for that and let them know that the main event marks and the Unhinged Sports Network sent you. Also, we are excited to announce our sponsorship with Swift Lifestyles, their clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Event Marks. that's all one word, and get 15% off your order. Also, if you are listening on the podcast feed, thank you, please like and subscribe, and leave a five star review and all that good stuff, and spread the word about your favorite new retro wrestling podcast, the main event marks, but we also play live on Unhinged Radio or Radio Unhinged. Uh, we are at unhinged unhingedsn.airtime.pro every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We have an immediate replay, by the way, at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. That's on Wednesdays. We also have replays at 8 p.m. on Thursdays. Fridays and Mondays, you can catch us live, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. It's free internet radio with unhinged radio. But now that we're done with uh, with all of that and telling you about, you know, where you can find us and, and uh, all the great sponsors we got on this program and on the network, we're going to take our first break when we come back. On the other side of this, we're going to dive into all the news and notes from September and August of 2005.
4: Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
1: Get all the best podcast swag from the main event marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official main event mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash
4: people
0: forward slash main event marks.
4: Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show.
1: And we are back. And we're back. We're about to dive into the news and notes, but before we do, I want to let you know that Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high-quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They are built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big Yeat moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all your profits go to beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeetsofficial.com and use promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's yeetsofficial.com, Y-E-E-T-Z, official.com, and put in that promo code BELLYUPPOD, that's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, P.O.D. to save yourself ten percent at checkout. And we're gonna dive into the news and notes here. Let's start off with some Let me
2: start. Does uh, does Cheez-It sponsor us? Does who? So, do we get sponsors here from Cheez-Its by any chance? No. Oh, then I can't brag that I'm eating those while recording. Okay.
1: We uh, no, we only okay, eat cheesy poofs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw the grossest thing. Some somebody was uh like. Making mac and cheese with cheese poofs, and I was just like, "What the hell, man!" Like the No boiled... mac and
2: cheese sauce. Have we heard this?
1: Oh yeah, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Good lord. But let, let's uh, let's dive into the WWE news here to start out with. WWE.com posted a fairly lengthy interview with the newly signed Dusty Rhodes. Rhodes will assume a role on the creative team for WWE SmackDown. I don't remember him being on SmackDown's creative team.
2: I don't remember it specifically, but I always wonder where the Shockmaster was.
1: What they the hell?
2: Credit job, huh?
1: Oh, no, that's for somebody else, baby. We're going to leave you right where you at. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to, Get my timeline mixed up here. So this was before he You're was You're trying to get timeline mixed
2: up? Why would you try or, to call or, it
1: error? Or, I'm to get. No, I'm trying to get my timeline matched up, not mixed up. Uh, so it was. Was this before he was sitting in the pickup in the parking lot of Universal Studios?
2: That was a uh, couple months prior. I I want to say that was. Uh, either Final Resolution or Against All Odds. Wow. It was definitely this year.
1: Yeah. Right. That's, yeah, well, I don't know. In my mind, Dusty was there a lot longer than he was.
2: There being I, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I think in reality, he was only there, what, le- half a year?
2: Um, no, he was there for quite a while. Just, like, they were always on weekly pay-per-view.
1: Was it 04? Oh, it was oh 04, right, when they did the, like, late oh 04, when they did the director of authority vote?
2: I think that was at Bound for Glory, or not Bound, uh, Victory Road, the very first pay per view, the very first three hour pay per view, I should say.
1: Okay, because I remember that vote, and I knew it was around the election, like the, the presidential election. Um, and
2: that was in 2004, so yeah, that was it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, about a year, give or take, like you were saying, yeah, so. Yeah, he went to WWE and. Uh, I know.
2: Apparently, never look back.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, because I mean, what I hear most about with Dusty in WWE was, I mean, obviously the stuff he did. You know, he where he did a couple in-ring appearances, uh, but he did a lot of. How's stuff. Oh, that one of? Them? Right. Uh, but he also did a lot of stuff with um, FCW and NXT. Mm-hmm. So I mean, because if you listen to a lot of. A lot of guys that came out of that system, they said that they worked a lot with Dusty on promos. Some, like Apollo Crews, said he got his name from Dusty. So,
2: yeah, Bailey said he up through the promos, too. Yeah,
1: I can imagine. And, uh, yeah, and she paid tribute to him after he passed, you know, wearing the uh, polka dots on her on her attire. So that
2: was, that was cool. at our NXT, right? Our takeover.
1: Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I mean, probably. Oh, okay. I saw that figure on my.
2: I I, I have that figure on my wall. I've not even opened it. It's one of my absolute favorites.
1: Oh wow! I didn't know they made that figure of her. That's pretty cool.
2: Toys R Us exclusive.
1: (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Tells you how old that one is. (laughs) Uh, Sad. Anyway, uh, speaking of legends here, hardcore legend and three-time WWE champion Mick Foley says that he's coming back to WWE television fully confirmed that he has reached a deal in principle with WWE. He chose not to elaborate further, citing that he'd prefer to save the details about the formal arrangement, or before the uh, formal arrangement has been finalized.
2: And Uncle Dave said?
1: I don't know. I'm actually not getting news from Dave this week, so.
2: Wow. I wonder why I feel, like, really chipper.
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh, t- uh, late 2005, so this is, uh, building up to, uh, Wrestlemania 22, I want to say? Yeah, that
2: would be the hardcore match.
1: Yeah. So, that's what he's coming back for. Him and Edge. This I, was... I get
2: a lot of mixed reviews, but I love that match.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I can see why people would feel either way about it, but, I mean... I usually I,
2: hate I, hardcore wrestling, too, but, I don't know, something about that match is, like, the exception.
1: I thought it was, I thought a lot of stuff for it was cool. Uh, Edge really, I mean, I feel like that helped add to the rated R superstar persona. It was, it was cool stuff. That, that, the stuff he did with The Undertaker later on, uh, I mean, no, it was all good stuff, man.
3: Good
2: stuff, pal.
1: God dang it, pal. Another legend here. Bret Hart was backstage at Raw recently. There are currently no plans for him to return, although WWE is trying to get him for next year's Hall of Fame and are working with him on a DVD. All of it would happen. When was it that he officially returned? Was I want to say 2010, right?
2: 2010, yeah, the start of the Monday Night Massacre.
1: Yeah, because I remember the very first night that TNA went live on Mondays. They were like, in WWE, they were like, Bret Hart returns! Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, well, this isn't gonna be pretty. And it wasn't. Uh, the, the thing that sucked, too, is it was in, yeah, Dayton! And I couldn't get tickets. So, that sucks. Why yeah, they were probably dirt cheap. Yeah. Uh, no, they were, they sold out pretty damn quickly. And I was, I was pissed. But, was the yeah, internet
2: so, around that time?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> then, it, then it wasn't sold out. Trust me. Yeah, I, I can't remember the circumstances of why. I, I, I know it was sold out, and there was some other like I had work or something like that. But yeah, I, I really wish I could have won.
2: No, but damn, yeah, me, so, you was sick.
1: Wow. Uh, but we were about mm, less than five years away from his official return. You're right. You know, he, he does get that DVD. Um, and he, it was, it was 2010 when he went to the Hall of Fame though, right?
2: No, 06.
1: 06? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, this one, uh, I only got a couple more WWE stories here before we get into the TNA stuff. This one.
2: Yeah, hurry up, because I want to get into the TNA.
1: Wow. This one is, uh, well, everybody kind of knows about this one. Matt Hardy, Lita, and Edge were the special guests on the August 18th Fight This on WWE.com. Todd Grisham hosted with Matt Hardy in the studio, while Edge and Lita were via satellite from their home. Edge blasted Matt Hardy for dragging their personal lives onto the internet and commented that Matt acted like a 6th grader. Hardy said that Edge had multiple marriages before 30, and Edge responded that Hardy is 30 and acts like he only had one relationship in his whole life. Edge said that he had made mistakes, but he admits them, uh, and he doesn't cry about it like Matt does. They accused each other of... Oh, he'll let me do that. Yeah, right. Uh, They accused each other of living out their wrestling characters 24-7. They traded insults with Edge saying that Matt, quote, talks in wrestling promos. It ended when Edge said that it is time to, quote, nut up or shut the F up, and then walked off with Lita. Hardy then said that, no one can stop him from hurting Edge at SummerSlam. He called him a piece of excrement and a lying scumbag bastard. He said that, or Andy said that Edge, uh, he was Edge's worst nightmare, and he would show it at SummerSlam. Well. He would show that unforgiving. Yeah, right. Yeah, SummerSlam, uh, now in the archives, by the way, that match um didn't exactly live up to hype. I'll just put it that way. I mean, there was a lot of blood. I but. mean,
2: my my issue with it was there was SummerSlam. Like, if you're going to do something like right. that to build something, why would you use SummerSlam for that?
1: Right. You figured it would be the other way around, where that would happen, right. like at the at like Unforgiven or some throwaway show like that. But no, nope. this one is more of a. Uh, I guess I do have a few more WWE stories now that I look at it here, but this one is more of a. I don't know. I'll get into it. As of late, Shawn Michaels has been becoming a regular at WWE production meetings. HBK recently spoke his mind on how creative teams apparent or on the creative teams apparent failure in his opinion had anything better for him than Chris Masters after his loss to Hogan at SummerSlam. However, despite his opinion on the matter, Michaels has handled the situation professionally in a manner in, in a manner comparable to that of his handling of the Hogan SummerSlam feud.
2: That was professional?
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, I seem to remember him being a Super Bowl that night. Uh but I don't know. I mean, the match was good, though. If anybody goes back and listens, like, you know, we don't crap on the match. I mean, we talked about It's like, you can see he was overselling, and yeah, I could, you know, whatever. But all in all, it, I don't think it took away from the match. I might argue you would add it to it. Right. And uh, I compared it to he was selling like Lex Luthor sells for Superman. But
2: <laughs> all right.
1: But all in all, it was, it, it was pretty good. Uh, I, I will say, I don't know. You can look at that either way. It's like, well, they don't have anything better for him than Chris Masters. Like, yeah, but wouldn't they be using her, him to get Masters over or to make Masters look better? Like, I don't know.
2: I remember that match was good.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I'd have to go back and watch that one. I'm sure. I'm sure it is Shawn Michaels. And I don't know. How do you feel about Chris Masters? I never hated him.
2: I thought he was really good until he got off whatever the hell he was on and lost all that weight and started being horrible.
1: <laughs> well, I guess he's doing pretty good in NWA right now. So
2: he's out here in a couple of weeks, I think, and thinking about going to that show actually.
1: Oh, what's uh, what's he wrestling on? Uh, Just BCW. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Cool. The other Bay Area company, the company that's only thing is they made Bailey. <laughs> Literally. Wow. It. They are not nice. APW. I need to point that out. They are not.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. So they're not the ones, uh, that you know are getting all their talent snatched away.
2: All <laughs> right. Nobody wants their talent. They they got one guy. His name is uh. Sledge, he's in Ring of Honor now. He came from BTW. Ah, nice. If anybody by the watches way, Ring of Honor still, I don't know. Great.
1: <laughs> right. uh, now that I'm thinking of it, by the way, um, I, I just look back real quick, uh, to skip back to what I was saying earlier about the NWA tag titles. It was James Storm and Eli Drake were the tag team.
2: Who's Eli Drake, you ask?
1: Yeah, right. Uh, L-A, Knight. L.A. Knight. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's, he's currently in NXT 2.0. Well, technically 3.0.
2: Let me talk to what Yeah, let me talk to you. Yeah, right. Oh, oh I love it when he says that.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, uh, here, here's one for you, man. I knew you'd, uh, I, I, I know you'll like this one. The new WWE crea- character who debuted at the SmackDown tapings as a representative of the UPN network. Was <laughs> oh, played- God. Was played by current WWE developmental, developmental talent, Brian Black. Black was signed to a WWE contract this past March and has been working with Deep South Wrestling.
2: Anybody remember his name? You got a cookie. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it five seconds. Four, three, two, Palmer Cannon.
2: Yeah, that crap. <laughs>
1: Uh, the only thing I remember is him being super excited for the minis.
2: No, they weren't the minis. They were the juniors
1: division. Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah, the juniors division. And, and he was like super excited for El Porky. Yep. Uh, for anybody, any, any, uh, Lucha Leeper. Oh, he's go ahead. Signing, by the way, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, for anybody, any Lucha Libre fans out there, uh, El Porky, Super Porky, whatever the hell you want to call him. He's the father of Psycho Clown, and, uh, yeah, so. If anybody knows. What
2: a family, huh?
1: Yeah, right. Uh, he's got another son that, uh, his character, they, they're called, like, Exoticos, whatever. That's, like, I guess that's the politically correct name for if you're, like, um, like a homosexual character. What are they called? exoticos
2: that's like the american version of androgynous or what
1: i guess so yeah i can't remember the character's name uh but it's it's psycho clown's brother super porky's son and he's not gay in real life it's like the gold dust thing where you know he just that's the character he plays on tv but yeah it's a weird ass family man that's all i got to say Palmer Cannon uh I don't think he lasted that long before JBL chased him off
2: I'm certain he's gone in 2 months
1: Yeah It was it was like um it was almost like somebody in, in WWE creative saw the Cyrus stuff from ECW It was like how do we do <laughs> It's like how do we do this but worse Like in a not entertaining fashion
2: Come on I'm sure they thought this was better
1: yeah. Well, he's gonna bring in the the juniors and the pirates. Like, oh my
2: god! Hey, I love that pirate. You Shut your
1: mouth. I have a Jacks figure of the pirate. Oh, Paul Burchill. That figure. was
2: so. That thing was like wildfire, man. I thought it was great.
1: Poor dude, man. I I thought he was like. I thought people he go a... back. Well, oh, go ahead. People go back go
2: and watch his entrances and stuff on YouTube, man. People, like the audiences were eating it up, man. So.
1: It was people a cool talk, entrance.
2: People but, talk crap about that. I want you to watch this and listen to the reaction and tell me this was stupid.
1: It was a cool entrance, but it just wasn't going to get anywhere. And it's like, he goes from... And the thing is, he was a good wrestler, and he had a cool look to him. And, I don't know. It's like, he goes from basically... It's almost as handsome as Johnny Depp, yes. Wow. With a walleye. <laughs> uh, but he goes from basically doing an incest character where him and his sister made, like, creep... Well, not real-life sister, but on-screen, made creepy-ass comments about each other. He goes from that to the pirate. Like, this guy can't catch a break.
2: I feel like the thing with Katie Lee was later, actually. Was it? I think so. He went from just being, um... I think he was, uh... Wasn't he just Benoit's, uh, guy? Like, he was, like, trying to motivate him...
1: No, that was uh, I'm not gonna tell you the guy's name now, but he he looked like him, but he had black hair. Gunnar Scott.
2: Yeah. Okay. I thought that was him. Okay.
1: Now you, t- you take you uh, take Paul Burchill and you make him American. There you go.
3: <laughs> cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Roll Tide, man. <laughs> uh, here's here here's the one. Yeah, man. If that last one didn't get you, this one will. Rob Conway is in for a major push as WWE management is very high on his looks.
2: <laughs> yeah, his looks. Just look at him.
1: Yeah, right. They're already, wow, they're already starting to push the Conway gimmick, and they feel that his character has a ton of potential. They've got a lot of work to do, judging by the current crowd reaction that he's been receiving. You don't say.
2: You know what's funny? It didn't dawn on me until, I don't know why the hell I was thinking of this, but, like, maybe a couple months ago, i my- when they did this stuff with him, at the exact same time, they took uh, Sylvain Grenier and made him, like, the model, right? Yeah. So is that the thing? They just saw these two French dudes, like, oh, we're going to make them, like, they're, excuse me. Oh, I guess he's not French, but... He's French a dude. French sympathizer. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's like, we're going to make them stereotypical, why you look good, Frenchman. Oh,
1: yeah, like... To be
2: fair, I think Grenier was actually a model at some point, though, so...
1: Yeah, he was, I believe. so. Yeah, I think that's what they found him. I just found
2: it him. funny how they both went to that though.
1: Right. <sighs> yeah,
2: Rob <laughs> well, Conway like, was pretty good though too. I think they they oh, they, a bad
1: they tried to give era uh, Conway. They tried to give him almost like a Rick Rude style gimmick. Yeah. And here's the point in the show where I have to mention I have two Jacks figures of Rob Conway. Why do you even need one? Well, one came in a two-pack with Rene Dupree as La Résistance, and the other one was as the con man.
2: Just look at me.
1: And if anybody remembers, he's had a I don't weird, know why I said that
2: twice now.
1: <laughs> he had a weird career trajectory, because in OVW, he was in a tag team with uh, the, the future Eugene. He was Nick Dinsmore. They were the Lords of the Ring... And then oh, he goes... No, that was Diamond Dallas
2: Page. He won that one.
1: Wow. And then he goes to WWE, and he's a French sympathizer. And then he does the con man thing. And then he goes to the NWA, and he's Iron Man... I think, I think that was his nickname. Iron Man Rob Conway. And he was the NWA champion for a while.
2: Forgive me for there not this, you know, but his his real name was Rob Conway?
1: Uh, oh, pretty. Yeah, I I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yep. Hey, hey hey, you learn something new every day, man. You i you know, I'm full of facts about Rob Conway.
2: Yeah, clearly. Oh he's hey. About
1: that. hey, you're the, supposed to be the walking wrestling encyclopedia, alright? So yeah, I just assume everybody has a made up name, okay? Jeez. Well how dare you not know more about Rob Conway.
2: Sorry, I'm kicking myself now.
1: Yeah, he's the one you need, uh, encyclopedia, you know, encyclopedic knowledge of. Yes, his real name is Robert Thomas Conway Jr.
2: I don't know why, it sounds like a freaking lawyer to me.
1: (laughs) Robert, Robert Thomas Conway Jr. Esquire.
2: For the defense, your honor.
1: Right. Uh, alright. Uh, this one is WWE bleeding into TNA. Many people within the wrestling business, both in WWE and TNA, are wondering what Chris Jericho is up to after placing an image of himself on his official website standing beneath a TNA logo doing his usual wrestling pose. Uh, what makes the situation interesting is that this comes only days after an angle was shot on Raw this past or uh, this past month where Jericho was, quote, fired by Eric Bischoff following a WWE Championship rematch against John Cena. Jericho's bio was quickly removed from WWE.com after this angle hit TV, and rightfully so, to match up with the storyline. As we all know, however, the situation is a bit different than a typical WWE release. Jericho's short-term contract extension he signed last month with the company expired following SummerSlam, meaning that he's a free agent at this time, and he could legally go to TNA if he desired.
2: Hmm. I feel like I've seen this one before.
1: Yeah, right. Uh well, spoiler, nope, he just went on tour with Fozzie and I don't remember when he came back, do you? Uh
2: let's see, was it two thousand and seven?
1: Right before the Survivor series. Wow, he was gone oh, that damn long? Or
2: was it after the Survivor series? Whatever one yeah, yeah, I was yeah, I came back and few with Orton.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: And yeah, that I don't... went into a few with JBL, so yeah, well, was
1: so we left in 05 and in, in, in the at the end of the summer of 05 and didn't come back until like after the summer of 07? Yeah. Holy yeah. hell. Yeah. Well, you, that is correct. I'm looking right here. After a two year, I guess. I need is, to look for whatever. Well, well, you're supposed to be the encyclopedia. I just said that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, after a two-year hiatus, WWE promoted Jericho's return starting on September 24th, 2007, episode oh, of Raw. Oh, hold Braw. on,
2: they didn't advertise his return, they advertised somebody coming.
1: Yeah, it was a 15-second cryptic binary code video, similar to the Matrix Digital rain used in the Matrix series. I remember that, and, it, and then that started the whole break the code thing. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I I do remember around this time, I think the whole thing is, like, I think it was around this time, he didn't, he didn't go to TNA, but Fozzie did a a theme song for one of their pay-per-views, do you remember that?
2: I do, wasn't it Enemy, the same one WWE used for No Way Out, the same year?
1: Yeah, it, I, it, yeah, I believe so, and people were, like, I was one of the people, I was speculating, I'm like, I wonder if he's, just lending them hear their music because they like they were playing videos of him and stuff like that. I mean,
2: well, it's I free mean, play. I mean, you know, so why right. not? Yes. Yeah, you know, you get so. like 14, 15 viewers off that right there, dude.
1: Wow. Well, and he wasn't quite the demo god just yet, so he wasn't pulling in that uh, you know that all important 18 to 40, 18 to 45, 49, whatever the hell. I don't know. I yeah, I gotta yeah, ask Uncle matter. Dave. Okay. I... Supposedly they matter to advertisers. I don't freaking know. Doesn't matter to me.
2: I mean, it is, matters to this pod. I mean, you want to listen to us and get us a couple of bucks.
1: Yeah, right? It, hey, it, the, the demo matters on the podcast, okay? The I don't care about... The demo is me.
2: still real to me, damn
1: it! The hell. Uh, you, That reminded me of the freaking, uh, my, uh friend dropped that after, uh, for all of you out there, we just came back from Columbus, we went to Extreme Rules, and there was a dude in front of us that was, uh, heavily into Roman Reigns all night, and... Heavily? Yeah. Dude,
2: I mean, good lord, I thought I was a huge fan of his. I got nothing
1: on this fool. Yeah, he was standing up, he's like, yeah, that's right, Finn Balor, you ain't nothing but a you ain't nothing but a what? You better (laughs) fell out on the head of the table, What's what you get. Yeah, and he's like, he... He's like getting serious too. He wasn't even like having fun with it. He was like,
2: I got to was, the point where I thought if <laughs> Roman lost, he was going to attack some, like this guy was going to attack somebody.
1: Yeah, he was, yeah, hell yeah. He was about to, <laughs> he was about to blow through the crowd, man. I'm like, holy crap. But, uh, I, I brought that up to, uh, to our, to my friend. And I was like, uh, Ed, you hear that dude? He was like, it's still real to me, damn it. And I'm like, it's definitely <laughs> real to that dude. <laughs> Ah, oh, man. Uh, former WWE diva Gail Kim, who did sign with TNA over the last several days, has been told that TNA will be moving forward with a women's division. They hope to add Jackie Gata among others. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a bedrock of any women's division, Jackie Gata. <laughs> they would. Good I lord. Mean, yeah. Yeah, she was there for like a heartbeat. She did feud with, uh, with Gail Cam. And
2: uh, I feel like once she got pregnant, we never saw her again.
1: Yeah, she went off to raise the baby and that was it. And then Charlie Haas, I this is what I don't get. Charlie Haas seems like the most miserable SOB on the planet. And it's like, dude, you like are apparently a like fairly independently wealthy. You can wrestle whenever, wherever you want, and you're married to Jackie freaking Gata. What on earth do you have to be miserable about? Cheer up. Then you got Shelton Benjamin, who's like the nicest, most personal dude on earth. Yep. And I, I can attest to that because me and my dad met them at a Ring of Honor event when they were there. Frickin' Charlie Haas wouldn't even make con, feel like eye contact. He's just like standing up looking around the whole time. He's like, yeah, here's your autograph. Bye. Oh,
2: Meanwhile, I gotta talk to the plebeians again.
1: <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Shelton had like a smile ear to ear. He's talking to everybody, shaking hands. Nicest dude on earth. I'm lost.
2: Kissing like, hands, shaking babies. What a dude, man.
1: <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, man. Alright, last story. It's, uh, what's funny is every TNA story I have involves a former WWE person.
2: Wow, you don't say.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, but last story here. Jeff Hardy recently stated in an interview that he was to blame for being suspended from TNA and he was very surprised but thankful that TNA brought him back. Hardy is expected to be given a major push once TNA debuts on Spike TV.
2: I uh, spoiler. I don't think he does.
1: Yeah, they kind of hold off for a little while. I, I mean, he, a little while.
2: He leaves and comes back and gets his push. Really? I.
1: That's another one. I like. I can't remember his his timeline. Yeah, because I mean, he's on the show that we're about to talk about. Uh and by the way
2: I mean he will yeah, be there for a little while longer. Yeah, yeah, he w for long, yeah.
1: Yeah, he pops up August fourth, two thousand six in WWE. Yeah, so Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean this story could be any time, dude. He was suspended from TNA.
2: <laughs> sure. Going off of um Eric Bischoff's podcast, Dixie just loved Jeff so yeah. Outside I, of murdering somebody, he'd always be there.
1: Yeah, I guess she like had a soft spot for him, and she just kind of felt bad. And like, I get it. Plus, I mean, he was a big star, but whatever. Anyway, that uh, that does it for the news and knows. You ready to get into the event at hand? I actually
2: am this week.
1: I'm excited. All right yeah well we're gonna take our next break when we come back we're diving into unbreakable 05 right after this
4: follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector
0: good morning good afternoon good evening and good night my name is thomas and what's your
4: name uh, i'm alan, alan. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, oh yeah yeah
2: we're brothers that's right. Yeah. yeah I right, the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room.
0: Share the room. We right. a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way. way back, mate. Hey. Yeah. We should do a podcast then.
2: Uh, we have. We do.
0: We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The. Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah. Yeah. Well. K A S there. It's alright, good on yeah. you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. you might Take it easy.
4: And marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show.
1: And we are back. And we're back. Time to dive into TNA Unbreakable O five. It took place September eleventh, two thousand five, at the TNA Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. The attendance was seven hundred and 775. I 775. bet you they
2: didn't sell a single ticket, losers.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, they they were hanging from the rafter. <laughs> you always got to point that out. Uh pay-per-view buy rates were between 10 to 15,000 buys. That's sad. But, you know, keep in
2: mind this is the uh pay-per-view like when they're not on TV. So, you only know about this pay-per-view if you're following the online.
1: Which I was, by the way. Did you didn't you have to go to their like you actually had to go to their website to watch, too? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah,
2: there was no network or streaming or anything like that yet. I might, no. even, I might even think that Netflix wasn't even doing streaming yet. They're still just doing DVDs. It's like that's how far back it was.
1: Yeah, we had, uh we had went from dial up to D. This is how far back this was. We went from dial up to DSL around this time. So well, this was before, you know, like Ethernet's and all, you know, the, the cable internet and all that that everybody has now. But we open up the show by seeing a graphic saying that the event is dedicated to the unbreakable spirit of the American people. We then go to the opening video where they parody football promos, even using the NFL theme, to say that TNA pay-per-views are the new Sunday pastime. Yeah. Uh, Sure. uh, You know, keep your hopes up, man. (laughs) But our first match is a six-man tag. It's the Diamonds in the Rough, which are Simon Diamond, Elix Skipper, and David Young.
2: Oh, yeah, I forgotten all about this team.
1: Right. Uh, they're taking on the three live crew, which is BG James, Conan, and Ron, the Truth Killings. It,
2: the and- perennial openers of every pay-per-view, by the way.
1: Yeah, right. Why does every company have that? I don't know, but... Yeah, it's... WWE had uh, Dolph Ziggler there to do that for a while.
2: Dolph Ziggler, Johnny B. Bad.
1: Yep. Uh, Brian Pillman a few times.
2: With Johnny B. Bad once. Yep,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> uh, by the way, now I'm thinking of the Diamonds of the Rough. Uh, you remember, this was before, I think this was during the pay-per-view era of TNA, where they were doing the weekly pay-per-views. They had ICP there for a while. And they did a gimmick where David Young didn't want to wrestle them because he was afraid of clowns. Yep. So freaking stupid. And
2: this was also in the middle of the David Young can't win a match thing, too.
1: Yeah. I remember he was just like basically a jobber. But this one went about... I don't half
2: count time. it as a jobber, actually, when the whole thing is they can't win a match. I think yeah. when you start acknowledging that, it becomes something else. That's just me. But.
1: The, the gimmick is... He sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah, Brian Meyer's gonna attest to that.
1: <laughs> right. So this one went just shy of four and a half minutes. In the end, Conan takes off his sneaker and whips it at David Young's chest. Forgot that he used to do that uh, before hitting. Because
2: a Mexican, bro. It's right. okay, I can say that. I'm I'm, I'm part, so it's fine.
1: Do they work Although sword? I never, did, although I never did that as a Mexican. Great. Right. Is that a thing? They just take off their Jordan and whip it at somebody. I, I don't know who the hell would be throwing those expensive shoes, but uh, maybe. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, But he then hits a kneeling face buster on David Young for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gives it a star. I give it a star and a half. Let's say you?
2: Gave it one. I was bored. I was like, this is not how you open a show.
1: Nah, this kind of sucked.
2: If I had already seen this show and didn't know it was coming, to me, this would be a huge, like, a really bad opening.
1: Right. In my opinion, the next match should have opened the show, but we'll get into it. Uh, we now see footage from the pre-show where Monty Brown interrupted a match to say that he wants to take on the winner of tonight's NWA title match. Jeff Jarrett then comes out to ask why Brown is out there, even though I thought it was pretty obvious. And uh Kip James slides in to stand between them. Uh, Jeff Hardy then rushes to the ring and takes out Jeff Jarrett. Kip helps Jarrett to the back. I guess, Jarrett, Monty Brown and uh, Kip James are all kind of a unit sort of, no. I don't know whatever this next match a hell is... of a unit though, huh? yeah, right, you got Billy got Gunn some, the
2: money. got some money players in there
1: Billy Gunn Mon- Marcus Corvon and Double J
2: hell yes That's calm a... smooth
1: good lord but up next, this is a match I feel should have opened the show. It was Austin Aries versus Roderick Strong in the Perennial. Hey, look at these ROH guys that we have match. Uh, it went eight minutes. This was before Austin Aries found a personality and before Roderick Strong got in shape.
2: So we of the Diamond Mine and the Crazy
1: Vegan. Yeah, right. Uh Austin Aries ends up hitting... I'm not Aries, saying hitting,
2: all vegans are crazy. I'm saying he is.
1: Oh, well, yeah, and it's not because of the vegan. well, yeah, it's definitely not because of the veganism, because he was an a-hole and kind of crazy before that, so I think it's just added to it. But Ares ends up getting the win off of a Brain Buster followed by a 450 splash into a pin. Uncle Dave, I feel way overrated this. He gave it three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you?
2: I gave it two as well. i am like, ah, we've seen better.
1: Definitely. Right. They were still pretty young. Uh, I thought it was funny, Roderick Strong was still wearing his Generation Next shorts. So that's pretty far back in the Ring of Honor days. And, like I said, Austin Aries really hadn't found any personality at this time. He was just kind of a guy that could wrestle. And be a dick. <laughs> wow. I think that's just implied. But Can
2: yeah. I say that? Is that allowed him?
1: I'll allow it. Cool. But up next, uh in the back, Shane Douglas is interviewing Monty Brown. But Kip James comes up the to ask. The alpha male. Oh, excuse me. But Kip James comes up to ask what the hell all that on the pre-show was about. They get into a bit of an argument before Kip says that Monty better get his head in tonight's match. Monty finishes by saying that tonight Lance Hoyt and Apollo are all about to feel the pounds. Period. Period. Now we go to the Strange fellow Bedfellows match of the night. It's, uh, Kip James and Monty Brown taking on the team of Lance Hoyt and Apollo. They, Lance Hoyt ha- is, uh, for any of you out there, he is, well, now he's Lance Archer. But he was Dallas, Lance Hoyt, Lance Rock, uh, Lance, Vance Archer, and now Lance Archer.
2: Who so wants to get infected tonight?
1: Could. Lord.
2: Also, he's uh, using Bruce Beefcake's um, gimmick here, man, Like, of having 47 different names, huh?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, this guy couldn't come up with a freaking name to save his life. Luckily, he's been Lance Archer ever since he left WWE, so... I like how
2: he's taken a couple from a couple different names and put them together.
1: Yeah, right. But, yeah, this was a, a weird-ass team. Lance Hoyt and Apollo, man. If anybody... Well, I'll get into it. They got Sonny Siaki in their corner to begin with, Uh but... I
2: think Sonny Siaki's going through some stuff at this point. It was, like, a liver problem. Oh, wow. I think so, well, at this point.
1: Yikes. Yeah, this one went about ten minutes. Uh Siaki is, was apparently replaced by Lance Hoyt because he got dropped throat first across the steel chair and is now in a neck brace. Ugh. So
2: Apollo. I don't know if that was legit or if it was just a way to do it, but yeah.
1: Yeah, probably. But Apollo ends up sending Siaki to the back before the match starts. Siaki looks like he's trying to be a knockoff Rock. Oh, it's clearly
2: what he was. Yeah, was just the paper, uh, weekly pay-per-view days.
1: Yeah, and then to me, Apollo looks like a knockoff Batista. I mean, he's I didn't, in the I same like, that, but yeah. He's got the hairstyle, the same color scheme of his of his attire, uh similar skin tone, same facial hair. Yeah, it just screamed Batista to me. I'm like that's like uh you know when you're like, Mom, I want Batista and your mom's like, We got Batista at home and you know, then she shows you Apollo. <laughs> what? But in the end it's Monty the light. Yeah, right. That's when you order Batista off of Wish. But in the end, Monty Brown reverses an Irish whip from Apollo and hits the pounce for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it two stars for slightly below average. What say you?
2: I gave it two stars, barely.
1: Yeah. This was weird. I don't know. Not great. I didn't give a crap. Well, I should say, I liked Monty Brown. Lance Hoyt was okay. I didn't give a crap about the other two. Well. I don't know, and this match didn't really do anything. I'm like, why is this? I mean, I know there's a storyline behind it. I just don't care about it.
2: I honestly forget what it was at the point. At this point,
1: it was just that they attacked Sonny Siaki and now Apollo. No, I
2: mean, I mean, like where... I remember like seeing it on here now, but like
1: oh, at right, the point yeah.
2: when I'm turning this on, I'm like, why is this happening again? I'm yeah. pretty good at remembering stuff. But I forgot, it. it was probably bad.
1: Right, yeah, when you're going through the card and you're like, what the hell is this match? But up next, uh, in the back, we get Tracy Brooks and Team Canada's locker room interviewing the team. It's funny because Tracy is Canadian, so they send her to interview the Canadians. Uh, P. E. Williams gives them a, all a pep talk. Eric Young freaks out. Over P Williams the-
2: still going, by the way.
1: <laughs> right. In impact. Yeah, well, so is Eric Young. Uh, he freaks out over, er, Eric Young, that is, uh, freaks out over their match having an American referee, and Bobby Roode tells A1 that he needs to step it up tonight. That's right, A-freaking-one. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that idiot.
2: Goes uh, out and tries to do Randy Orton's pose, but he does it like in a cheap way.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh Roode says that tonight he's taking down Jeff Hardy. Petey Williams puts over his Canadian Destroyer and says that Chris Sabin is inferior. I, I did laugh. I'll, I'll never forget. There was one person that posted a picture of Team Canada. It was like, you may be cool, but you'll never be Team Canada in 2005 cool. And I was like, yeah, because nothing screams cool like A1. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, touche. Like, well, at least you admitted it. But up next, we get Petey Williams taking on Chris Sabin. This one went about 12 and a half minutes.
2: Hail Sabin.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, Abyss's theme starts to play. And then Williams comes out, the music just drops out because they realize they effed up. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then by the time Petey Williams finally gets in the ring, then his real theme starts to play. So it only plays for like a couple like seconds.
2: Eight seconds tops. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm like, what the hell?
2: I like Chris, how Petey just walked out, by the way, just like didn't even didn't even look around and like, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's a clearly abyss' is music, but whatever.
2: Spoiler, Abyss is joining Team Canada.
1: Yeah, right. Because yeah, I heard Abyss team playing, I'm like, wait, he's up next? And then Petey walks out, and I'm like, what did I miss? <laughs>
2: they missed, dude.
1: Yeah, right. LOL, TNA. But Chris Sabin gets his eyes raked towards the end, blinding him. They wrestle around for a bit before PD goes for the Canadian Destroyer, and gets it reversed into the cradle shock for the Sabin win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three stars. What say you?
2: I did too. I love this match. Yeah, I forgot how I forgot how good uh, these two worked were together.
1: I love their feud where you know it was a thing where it was like nobody could beat the Canadian Destroyer except Chris Sabin had the reversal where halfway through the Canadian Destroyer he he turn just a little bit and get the cradle shock.
2: Yeah, I love that too. And then and, and then like. Uh, the whole thing was like because he got kicked out of more school, right? Or you like, No, he like Petey better because they trained together.
1: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah that was absolutely.
2: the early days of TNA.
1: I was always a big Petey Williams mark, too, and it wasn't just the Canadian Destroyer. I thought he was damn good.
2: Yeah, I, dude. I, little Petey Pump, dude.
1: I was about to say, I hated when they changed it to Little Petey Pump. You remember before that he was Maple Leaf Muscle? Yeah. And then that led into the little piece of clever. Thing. Like, yeah, I'm just like, why did you have to like? I don't know. They tried to gimmick him up. Like, whatever.
2: It's funny because his whole thing, his whole gimmick was the the move.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, we're gonna put him with the immobile Scott Steiner. Whatever.
2: I always I like how his... Mike Taney always called it the sick flip pile driver.
1: Oh, yeah, like,
2: right. are you saying sick to try to be cool? Or do you mean like it's, it's, like, sick, like, horrible, like, to take? What do you mean by this? Yeah, right. Old white American man?
1: <laughs> Good lord. Hey, he's, he's, uh, the original, you know, uh, stockhead idiot.
2: Yeah, but, you know, with actual talent.
1: Wow. That's F tough. Uh, I, I always like Petey Williams' stories about, you know, his, his interactions with Scott Steiner. Like he said, he was going into a match with him, and Steiner was like, oh, "I'm going to give you the Steiner recliner, or or no, the the Steiner screwdriver." And he was like, "When was the last time you did that move?" He was like, "Ah, you You don't think I could do it?" He was like, "All right, well let's practice." He was like, "Ah, well maybe I'll just lock you in the recliner." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh at the end of the match, Matt Bentley runs in. He super kicks Chris Sabin, Then he rips his shirt off. The crowd chants welcome back as Bentley grabs a mic.
2: By the way, yeah, was, he's back as Bentley, he's not Michael. So.
1: Yeah, I was going to say did he was this when he like left for a while and then came back uh, after his name change?
2: A while being a couple of weeks I think. Yes.
1: Okay. So I remember the Gemini were getting like they had just signed but they were the Shane Twins. They got signed to WWE and one of them's legit name was Mike Shane. So they trademarked the name Michael Shane. So the fake Michael Shane could no longer use the name. So it's like, what do they go with? Matt Bentley.
2: Oh, they went with Michael at first. Just Michael.
1: Wow. I forgot about that part.
2: It was terrible.
1: Yeah. Luckily,
2: if I'm correct, he was never on TV as that because this is during the dark, uh, months. So.
1: Wow. Yeah. So he came back as his, his real name, Matt Bentley.
2: But don't worry, they made sure to tell you every night on commentary that he's Shawn Michaels' cousin.
1: Oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, he does all of his mannerisms. He he literally tunes up the band and hits the the super kick. So I did like the name, the head-on collision. I thought that was kind of a cool name, but whatever. Uh, but he grabs a mic and he says that people thought he was headed north. But TNA is his home, then he's bound for glory. And then he announced that he'll be in the ultimate X at BFG, and then he hits the super kick on Petey Williams before leaving.
2: That infamous bound for glory X Division match is the one where the X fall fell, I believe. Really? Mid-match. Yeah. So it fell mid match, Petey Williams just won it, and then on the impact after that, they had a rematch because they were like, oh, it was stupid, okay, whatever, we're doing it. X almost fell again, but it didn't.
1: Holy hell. And then P. Williams,
2: hell. Still, and P. Williams still won. So I'm like, this whole thing was for nothing. <sighs>
1: like, wow. Well, you know. I like how he just comes back. And he's like, he can come back and announce whatever the hell he wants, I guess. And when he was like, oh, people thought I was headed north. I'm like, who? Who? <laughs> it's because you got someone up there you
2: know, or I'm related to, No, <laughs> That's
1: pretty bad, like, if if that was a thing. Like, if he actually wanted to go up there and Shawn Michaels couldn't even secure him a spot.
2: Say, like, look, <sighs> you know, I'm not a miracle worker.
1: <laughs> and Bentley wasn't bad, either. I, I liked him. It's just... I don't know. I don't know how far he would have went. But we should have seemed... just
2: kept him with Kaz, by the way, because he didn't do much after this, so...
1: <laughs> right. We now see a video of James Mitchell saying that NWA the NWA Championship Committee needs to heed his warnings because Abyss will destroy everyone until he gets his title shot. Uh at one point Sabu pops up to stop Abyss' attack on Raven, and apparently they've been beating each other or beating up each other ever since. So I didn't remember that Sabu just debuted when they weren't on TV.
2: Yeah, it was like in August, I think it was.
1: Yeah, lights go out, lights come back on, boom. Hey, it's Sabu! Well, kind of re-debuts. Oh, he was there before?
2: Yeah, they did that whole pay-per-view where it was the first ever meeting between Ray and Sabu. They refused to fight because she told him not to.
1: Oh, I remember that storyline now. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Now you refresh my memory.
2: It was not, not like, crazy long before this. Maybe, like, less than a year.
1: Ah, okay. Uh well after I definitely Abyss...
2: know it was before the Fox Sports Network days. Well not but whatever. Yeah, say, yeah, before those days.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Uh after Abyss and James Mitchell come out for the next match, Mitchell says that Sabu stuck his nose into where it doesn't belong, and now he's going to be taken out by the monster Abyss. The lights then go out, and when they come back on, Sabu is in the ring. And hey, we get a jump start, man. This the jumpstart
2: is an afterbirth. the you know, good stuff.
1: <laughs> Basically. Uh, this is the Monster Abyss with James Mitchell taking on Sabu in a no disqualification match. He went 11 and a half minutes. Sabu jump starts the match. Tables, chairs, and thumbtacks are all used in this one. Sabu goes for a triple jump tornado DDT, but gets caught with a black hole slam into the tacks. This leads to an Abyss pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave it. Two and three quarters of a star. I don't know what shaved off a quarter star. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you?
2: What shaved off a half a star?
1: Uh, I just say average. It's right It's right down the middle, Daddy.
2: I gave it two. I barely wanted to give it that. But I actually, I, I was into it at least.
1: Yeah, I didn't think it sucked. But I've seen way better like from both of these guys. So, I don't know. It was fine. But, backstage, Shane Douglas is interviewing Alex Shelley and asks where his tag team partner, Sean Waltman, is. I had forgotten. Not the
2: that... baby, not the baby bear.
1: Yeah, right. I had completely forgotten that these two were ever a thing. Uh, Shelley says that. Yeah, they lo-
2: were in the, uh, was that the Candido Cup?
1: Yeah. hmm. And, uh, Shelley says he'd love to know himself where his tag team partner is. Uh, he then says that whoever teams with him tonight, they're going to win the Chris Candido Cup.
2: But and and um, this is like the third time that uh, Xbox missed a show this year for TNA.
1: Wow, really?
2: He missed that Raven House of Fun match, and then there was a show on FSN he missed too.
1: Well, that was, was a rainy thing. Well, then that's ironic because he actually filled in for Jeff Hardy, who skipped a show at a Ravens, uh, Ravens house, uh, match, whatever, the Clockwork Orange thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he missed that one, that was not on TV, that was when they were on their, uh, when, weekly Wednesdays, so maybe it wasn't this year.
1: Yeah, because I specifically remember Jeff Hardy was supposed to be the one, and he got suspended, or he no shows, something like that, and X-Pac had to fill in, and, yeah... Speaking of Jeff Hardy. Oh, he cut, then he owed
2: him one man. That's why I mean, He owed him a House of Fun match then, right? That's why he did. It. Yeah,
1: right. Right. Uh, but up next is Bobby Roode versus Jeff Hardy in about nine minutes. Uh, Petey Williams tries to interfere, but he gets taken out. Behind the referee's back, outside of the ring, Jeff Jarrett breaks the hockey stick over Hardy's back, rolls him in, and Roode pins him. Uh, and uh I was not expecting that. Uncle Dave and I both gave it. Two stars, it wasn't very good. what say you?
2: I gave it two. Better than I thought it was
1: gonna be, I'll say that. Yeah, it was, it was alright. Uh, but.
2: Also, I, I gotta, uh, that Shelly promo you just talked about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's, I think it's missing or something from the pay per view I watched because it was not
1: on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the feed I found, yeah, it was on there, but, um, yeah, this—I don't know. When I saw Bobby Roode versus Jeff Hardy in nine minutes, I expected a little bit more, but that just—I don't know. Kind of, it didn't suck. It just left me like, meh. So far, most of these matches are not what I would consider pay-per-view quality. Yeah, okay, this,
2: this was the pay-per-view, just getting getting them ready for Spike TV and Bound for Glory. So, this pay-per-view was really um, the definition of a throwaway.
1: Right. Uh we now get a play up package for the Candido Cup. We then go backstage with Shane Douglas interviewing NWA team uh, tag team champions The Naturals with Jimmy Hart. I forgot that Jimmy Hart ever managed them.
2: I'm almost fairly certain Jimmy Hart was never on TV. <laughs>
1: yeah, probably not. Which is funny because uh you always hear like Eric Bischoff joking about like he just had to get himself in front of that red light, man. Like, any way he could. But Hart starts to kind of promo, putting over the Naturals opponents when they're interrupted by America's Most Wanted. At AMW put over the Naturals, or how the Naturals have never beat them, and tonight won't be any different. The uh The Naturals are clearly rattled and emotional before this one. So... We go into this next match. It is is four it is a four-team elimination match for the NWA Tag Team Titles and the Candido Cup. It's the Naturals, Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens, with Jimmy Hart defending against Team Canada, which is Eric Young and A-One, uh, Alex Shelley, and no one yet. And America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, won about 18 minutes. Partway into this match, when Alex Shelley needs to make a tag. Chris Candido's brother Johnny Candido hops the guardrail and randomly tags in as Shelly's partner. You know, because you can do that. <laughs> His flurry doesn't last very long as he does an up and over into a low blow from Eric Young. Young rolls him up and eliminates Candido and Shelly behind the referee's back. Chris Harris goes for a suplex on Eric Young and uh, A1 breaks a hockey stick over Harris's back. Eric rolls Harris because up because Canada. With- Hell yeah, man. That's the second broken hockey stick of the night. Uh, Young rolls Harris up to eliminate AMW. It's now down to Team Canada and the Naturals. In the end, the Naturals hit the Natural Disaster on A1 for the win. No, A1 got pinned. That one shocked me. (laughs) Uncle Dave and I both gave it three stars. It was pretty decent. Let's say you. I
2: gave it two. I thought it was pretty decent, but... uh, not into it. Also, I'm like, so uh Xbox is missing or, or six. Six yeah. box, six box. He's just missing and all of a sudden they just happen to have Candido's brother there.
1: Right. I it just
2: uh what, kind of screamed collusion to me.
1: Right. That's why I'm I'm like sitting there, I'm like, so did he actually miss the show? Yeah, so now I'm scale?
2: wondering. Like right. I said, I didn't hear that that promo, so I forgot that he missed his show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because they kept putting over They were like, "Well, Sean Walden's supposed to be here tonight, but you know, we don't know where he is." Like, uh, I know, thought I'll maybe
2: save. he was attacked or something. That's, I, swear, I didn't, so I like, didn't I'll, hear I'll, the I didn't hear the promo. saying you missed it. I forgot about it.
1: Yeah, but well, I was gonna say, should I save all the the messed up jokes I could have for that one?
2: <laughs> a little bit,
1: but. Backstage, Shane Douglas asks Rhino how he feels uh about going for the NWA title in a Ravens Rules match tonight. Rhino says that he spent the last four years in wrestling hell, where Hollywood bees kept telling him how to show emotion in the ring. But that's all done. and He says that tonight, he's ready for Raven. Okay. Yeah. Wrestling hell, huh? You mean the one that you went back to?
2: Did he get thrown out of there or something like that for, like, destroying a hotel room or something like that?
1: Yeah, I know he he got in trouble for, like, uh, there was some dispute, but I think it was this okay. time.
2: Okay, so moral of the story is he got in trouble and fired. They didn't just bring him back and then say, hey, screw it, bye.
1: Hmm. Right, yeah. It'd be
2: any little part that you leave out there, but, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, Right. I think it was something about, like, him and his ex-wife got into a a fight over custody of their son or something. He got mad and, like, destroyed a—like, threw a vase across a room in a hotel or something like that. I think he got charges from that. I I I can't remember, but seem to remember something about it. I'm sure somebody will correct me, though, if I'm wrong.
2: They had the nerve to fire me for, you know, almost doing that to my wife. Ah, he didn't. He didn't, to be fair. He didn't hit her, but, like—
1: no, mm-hmm. I, I guess it was over the, like, after a phone conversation, he oh. just got mad and whipped a face across the crowded hotel. <laughs> so, yeah, at least he wasn't hitting anybody, but, uh, he was destroying property, so, you know. That's they would a-
2: bring him back two more times, so, even after that comment right there.
1: Right. Just, just saying. Just you know saying. This, every time he went to TNA, he talked crap on WWE. Yep. Because the next time, he, uh, he talked crap on them for, you know, destroying the legacy of ECW or whatever and said that it was worthless now and he wanted to burn his title.
2: Yeah, he did burn it. Well, he, quote, burned the, quote, title.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. Burn out I, in
2: a sack that we couldn't see through or.
1: Yeah, he was, you know, it was in one of those, like, carrying bags or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I'm sure you really burned it, Rhino. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, this next match, it's our second-to-last match of the night. It's Raven defending the NWA World Heavyweight title against Rhino in a Raven's Rules match, which had been renamed from the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match. I'm assuming they got a legal letter. Uh, this went about 14 and a half minutes. Raven comes to the ring, New Jack style, with a shopping cart full of plunder. I feel like booking ECW guys against each other was a Vince Russo wet dream, by the way. <laughs> uh Rhino gets busted open within about 60 seconds.
2: to be idiots.
1: Yeah. Uh Rhino gets busted open within about 60 seconds. Not even exaggerating. Uh Raven then gets busted open a couple of minutes later. Raven kept working Rhino's left ankle with ankle locks. Raven's lackey Cassidy Riley accidentally distracts the ref while Raven That's real. The ra- Yeah. <laughs> while Raven hits the Raven effect and the ref doesn't count the pin right away. Later on, Jeff Jarrett runs in to hit Raven with the NWA title, but Jeff Hardy rips the title away from him. Raven then hits the Raven effect on Jarrett. Rhino goes for a DDT, but Raven reverses it into a a Raven effect for the win. Uncle Dave, for some reason, didn't rate this one. I gave it two and a half stars for average. What say you?
2: I gave it two as well. Yeah. I find it funny, by the way, that Rhino would win the title on the next pay-per-view and then lose it on the next pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, I remember him winning it, and he only held it for, what, like you said, like a month, if that. I'm just also now coming to the
2: realization that X-Pac missed this event, and the next one Nash is going to miss. And Scott Hall is notorious for missing pay-per-views.
1: Yeah, right. That's
2: kind of interesting.
1: All three members of the, the traveling clique there. Uh, they, uh, they all skipped TNA shows multiple times. Ugh, whatever. Shows how much respect they had for that company, but whatever. Anyway, we're going to take our second-to-last break. When we come back, we're going to dive into all things with the main event right after this.
4: Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector.
1: Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event marks and unhinged sports network.
4: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky?
3: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details.
4: Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show.
1: All right, we're back. And we're back. We get one hell of a play-up package before the main event that showcases the three-way feud between Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels over the X Division title. I'll tell you what, I kind of forgot that Christopher Daniels was going into this match as the champion. I guess one
2: uh, team... Wanted won it at Destination X in the Ultimate X match.
1: And they were actually playing him up. Like, I, I I, really didn't expect him to win, but in the back of my mind at the same time, I was like, maybe he could, because they were really building him up at this point, too. But, you know, AJ would go back and forth between the X Division and the heavyweights. Small with Joe. Oh, yeah,
2: I, they uh, always made that a thing, too. AJ Styles is back in the X Division.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. His, his miraculous return to the X Division, I'm like, Okay, I thought Joe was. I I feel like he kind of fit, but at the same time, like when he first came into TNA, I was like, dude, he's like twice as big as everybody in the X Division. Why is he doing this?
2: Because uh, it's about no limits.
1: Yeah, right. So Tell me what man, the X Division is. Tell me what it is right now. Yeah, give me the elevator pitch. <laughs> well, it's it, it's, it's not about,
2: about no. Limits.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. Ah, it's a cool tagline, but what the f does that mean? <laughs> oh, well, you know, it means, uh, 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 yeah, you know, limitless. Whatever. That's Keith Lee, dude. Well, no, now he's Bearcat.
2: Yeah, and he's apparently healed now, so let's see how that goes.
1: Is he? I I couldn't figure there's it out. A on,
2: uh, there's a promo we cut after Raw that, yeah, he's clearly healed, but. Ah, okay. That's, that's <laughs> a different story.
1: <laughs> Somebody on Twitter was like, well, he's no Bearcat, right, but let's see how this Lee kid does. Nobody knows what that is. Bearcat Wright was like an old school black wrestler back in the day. (laughs) So from like the territories. That's why I kind of chuckled when he came out. I was like, okay.
2: And I was like, he's not from like Cincinnati, right? So like, I don't get the Bearcat. That's
1: what what confused me. I'm like, okay, I mean, if you're going to debut a Bearcat, Cincinnati's the place to do it. But he's not from Cincinnati. Whatever. I don't know. The font kind of looked like the Bearcats logo too. So that's what threw me. I'm like, Alright, and then when you said he's heel, I'm like, shouldn't he be cheered as a... I don't know. Whatever, as long as they're doing something with him, they can call him whatever they want. But, uh, anyway... Imagine that,
2: by the way, a guy getting another name, not losing a name.
1: (laughs) I know, at least they're not calling him Keith. All fear, Keith.
2: (laughs) I don't think they're going to call Black Man Leech, it might just look weird.
1: (laughs) Right. But this was a triple threat match for the NWA X-Division title. It went 22 minutes and 50 seconds. It's Christopher Daniels defending against... Still too against, short. Yeah. It's Christopher Daniels defending against Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. The challengers instantly go for Daniels and beat the crap out of him for about a minute or so. Uh Me sitting here naming the moves just couldn't do this match justice. In the end, Daniels goes for the Angels' wings... Styles reverses it into a bridging pin, and he wins the match and the exhibition title. Uncle Dave and I both gave this five stars. I'm sure you did as well, but I'll throw it to you.
2: How do you not give this match five stars? This is one of the greatest matches in the history of pro wrestling, right here.
1: Yes. You've and not seen it.
2: What the hell's wrong with you?
1: The fact that we've the, the fact that it took place in TNA in 2005 at, at just a random pay per view. I think that's the only reason why it would sink down some people's rating system. Because a lot of people, honestly, I'm sure, never saw it. I mean, they've seen it in retrospect, I'm sure. And any best of DVD from TNA probably has this match on it.
2: I think I'm... all three of these guys best of DVDs had it. I think best of the exhibition two or three one of the DVDs had it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. It was a damn good match everybody should uh
2: yeah i mean even if i know the winner i'm watching it back I'm just like so into it
1: yeah it was great no wasted movement between any of these guys well,
2: uh, real quick what was that um on, on the apron on the skirt apron on this did you see that
1: uh, you it like a the... sing, uh, uh
2: like a country singer cd i think it was
1: yeah yeah i don't don't ask and me
2: the either. reason i'm the reason I'm thinking about that is because I'm like, I'm realizing that every time we see a highlight from this show, or this match, I should say, you see that, like it's right, right. up on it, and and I just thought about it too.
1: Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's uh, I I I've, I that's why I was looking at that too. I'm like, I have no idea who the hell that is. But yeah, if anybody goes back i mean you can find the full match is on youtube you find it on daily motion i the impact i'm pretty sure it's on impact plus so you know the whole event is on impact plus um so go back and check that one out it's it's an amazing freaking match even if you don't watch the rest of the show and
2: well no this show is a one match show this is it right here
1: yeah and, wrestling with regret, uh, Brian Zane, he, he actually did a, a review of this, this whole show, if, you, if anybody wants to go back and, and, uh, check that out. he get
2: kicked in the, uh, nether regions.
1: Yeah, right. Cause that's what he does. Right, yeah. Hey, dick kick city, baby. But after the match, the crowd's losing their minds as they should be, and chanting for AJ's, he celebrates with his newly won X-Division championship, and that's the end of the show. I think uh, we should take our final break of the show. When we come back, we're going to get into the final ratings and tell you what's to come here on the podcast.
4: Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
3: When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers.
4: The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to
1: the show. And we are back. And we're back, back from the final break. Going into the final ratings here, Internet Movie Database gave this 8.1 out of 10. Uh Cagematch.net gave it 8.27 out of 10, and that leads me to believe, you know, the old adage of like some people rate based off the last thing they saw. Because uh, I gave it a 7.5 for like a C, C plus maybe. What say you?
2: I gave it a C plus as well. It's a shame I had to give it that low because of this match, but the rest of the card was not that great.
1: Right. I mean, uh, the NWA title match was okay. The tag match was fine. Uh Everything else was just kind of, I don't know, wasn't wasn't great. There were a couple highlights, but for them to give it like an eight, I'm like, really? I I don't know. It had to have been based on that main event the only thing I can think of.
2: Well, I mean, if you go off the, no, the notion that this is a one-match show, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Just everything else getting to it was just kind of like, all right, it's there. You know, nothing special.
2: It's there. It happened. <laughs> right. I just find it funny, though, like, go, uh, the whole thing about this show is how, like, the word throwaway it gets used a lot sometimes on paper reviews, But this clearly was one. Because of right. what we know is coming. The first Bound for Glory is coming. They're going to be on CNN very soon. Yep. Uh, just like, yeah, this paper wasn't supposed to matter.
1: Yeah, really. And uh, that main event just blew everything away. And and for years, in almost every DNA highlight package, they at least had one clip from this match. So Yeah, yeah. I
2: know they were going to think it was spectacular, too, but then they let it go on last. Yeah. Like that's telling to me,
1: right? Yeah, that was that was one thing I liked about TNA is they they allowed the X Division to shine here and there. I mean, they weren't consistent with anything, but you know they allowed it to shine here and there.
2: As long as it was a guy that mattered,
1: right? But that wraps up uh the month of September, man. I can't believe we're already heading into October. It's nothing but trick or treat, <laughs> yeah, right? Trick or treat, mother well, and headed into October, we're starting off kind of around the same period. We're jumping ahead a year for the 15 year anniversary. We're going to cover WWE No Mercy 2006 next week. Don't ask me why I picked this show other than, you know, just it being an anniversary. I'm not saying the show is bad at all either. I mean, I'm watching it back as we speak and, uh.
2: I remember I'm, being really good.
1: Yeah. Well, and it was a uh, SmackDown exclusive show. Back then, SmackDown had some damn good talent. So it it you know like it's now, still to go back and watch. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, all the talent in WWE. Well, I can't say all the talent in WWE. They have a lot on Raw as well, but a lot of talent in WWE and uh good writing as well is is on the SmackDown brand. It seems like the way it has mostly been, but yeah, so No Mercy 2006, King Booker is the world's heavyweight champion. It's going into the main event. It's a fatal four-way match: him, Finley, Bobby Lashley, and uh, Batista. Uh, the Undertaker takes on oh, Mr.
2: Rogue's Kennedy. Gallery.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, imagine that. Bobby Lashley is in a world's heavyweight championship match 15 years ago.
2: Look at him now.
1: Yeah, right. And uh As yeah, a so
2: recording, he was just in one twenty four hours ago.
1: Yeah, right. Uh technically wasn't he in two? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't two. Sure, right. Yeah. yeah. So uh that's next week. Uh good show. Some there's a lot of backstage stuff on that show to talk about as well. some of it's funny, some of it's like what the F but we'll get into it. Uh October thirteenth, is gonna be our first Halloween Havoc of the Month? We're going back to Halloween Havoc 1991 for its 30-year anniversary. And what better way to cover...
2: God you, knows uh, why.
1: Well, hey, man, for a 30-year anniversary, it's the Chamber of Horrors match, man.
2: <laughs> I feel like it's just a metaphor for the whole show, but <laughs> whatever.
1: Wow. Uh Somebody's going to be electrocuted on the show. Just say it. So get ready for that. But for all of you TNA fans out there, you know you know, October is Bound for Glory month, their biggest show of the year. So on the 20th, we're going to be covering TNA Bound for Glory 2006 for its 15-year anniversary. That should be a good one. Looking forward to getting into that. And we're still going to talk about our bonus show of the month. But to wrap everything up, on the 27th, it's our second and final Halloween Havoc of the month. It is Halloween Havoc 1996 for the 25-year anniversary. I believe, isn't that one Hogan Savage? 95? 96.
2: 96, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, with Hogan's spiked hair, yes.
1: Yeah, come, gotta wasn't mention,
2: that off? Gotta mention that. So.
1: Wasn't that coming off of uh, the the Three Ninjas at High Noon or whatever?
2: I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember that just got I knew okay, that's it. I remember that that one got that movie got trashed, man. (laughs) And uh well that hair sure sure didn't help. It had it had
2: Ernest in it from the Ernest movies. That was
1: Oh man. You got Ernest and Hollywood Hogan all in one movie. Hey, how nineteen ninety six can you get, man? Uh, but all right, that's October for you. I am excited for October. It's going to be a good month. Be good. And, and thank you for joining me today, Greg.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We will see you all next week when we bring you No Mercy 06.